0: today's roll call episode 257 we will look at critical issues in policing there is a lot of critical issues but today we're going to look at the elephant in the room how do you get in contact with us real easy anywhere on social media look us up as Raider cop Raider cop podcast or Raider cop nation you will find us all with the exception of linkedin we're not there and um You'll even find us on the Little Bird Twitter. I don't know why we're there. But since uh, governments and conservatives and everybody else want to communicate with the world on Communist Network Twitter, we're there also. You can also find us on RaiderCop.com. That is our website where you can hear all our our episodes from number 1 to number 257 and beyond. And RaiderCopNation.com, the official website where you can get more information on who these guys are, did they vote for Trump, are they uh, crazy, who are they? You can get all that information there on RaiderCopNation.com. And in the New York, uh, New Jersey, sorry, New Jersey, Philadelphia area, looking for good gun training, Kilo Sierra, he's your man. And his information is down on the show notes. That we just recently did an episode on uh, critical uh, shooting skills and recommend it to everybody. And as well as if you're in the South Florida area, you can hook up with our good friends over at aagunsafety.com. You won't be disappointed. Highly recommended. And you can thank me later for it. We also have them coming up on episode uh, 250, 264, and that's going to be uh, October 20th. So encourage all our audience to listen to that interview with AAA, AAA, but we break it down slowly for the leftists. So instead of saying AAA, Say my type in in the browser triple and then a we s- will we'll spell it out a a a gun and of course if you're in the central florida west coast area of florida and you're looking for good gun training you can give me a call radar com says contact drop me a line there and i will hook up with you and we can talk about what the needs are and how i can be of service we continue to move forward and on the wise guy series as you know we are going to continue with the lucchese crime family all the way towards the end of the year october right there nipping at our heels so we've got uh what is it two four six about six to seven more episodes with the lucchese crime family and then we're going to slowly start transferring into the genovese crime family for the following year we've really talked a lot about how that crime family the lucchese crime family operates uh early on what their motive operandi has been during the heyday of the costa nostra and then of course we're now headed towards what it looks like kind of today and um uh, you'll start seeing some of the decline from uh, an epic era to uh, somewhat of a chaotic era. We'll just call it that. And the Roll Call series will continue. And with the development of law enforcement and Buccaneers, boy, do we've got a lot of stuff to cover in the Buccaneers series because there's always havoc happening. And most importantly the gun series with kilo sierra and our new up i kind of call out his superhero name when we have him on october 20th from uh triple a gun safety now, remember if you're leftist ask before you type into the browser but uh they're uh, gonna be on october 20th and might be a superhero into co-hosting as well we'll keep you posted and we look at everything that we're going to be covering now remember i recently said that we were going to kind of change how we deliver content on sundays into monday and concentrate more on wednesdays again that's for 2021 i'll break down a little bit more of what we're doing with that and some actual interviews. Remember, I said we'll do about six to eight for 2022. Uh, we'll break out six to eight interviews a month. I don't want to get tied down to every week. We'll have an interview because it's uh, like I said before. I'd rather be handcuffed and thrown from a fifth-floor roof down to the pavement than dealing with that scheduling headache. So keep all those things in mind as we go forward. You know and I know we have to look at Uncle Joe's stupidity of the week. And we're going to head out, dial 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue and see what in the world Uncle Joe has gotten himself into now. We're sorry. The number you have reached is not in service. Please check the number or try your call again. This is a recording. Tasha called the of the mental with her bipolar uncle. It's bipolar. Our first story takes us to Uncle Joe and his memory lapse as he tries to remember something. He says, "No, no, no one told me that that I can recall." He's talking about our confidential informant over at the Pentagon, General Milley, saying that he, General Milley, had recommended twenty five hundred troops stay in Afghanistan. But according to the commander in Goof, Uncle Joe, he says, no no. I, I I don't I don't recall any of that. So it leaves who's telling the truth? Could it be Uncle Joe? Or could it be Tommy Millie. We're not sure, so we might have to ask China to find out who's telling the truth. Our second story takes us to Negative Nancy as she blunders talking to the media and she tells the truth. That's right, Negative Nancy actually told the truth for once in her life. She talks about the Build back better agenda Whatever the hell that's supposed to mean But it's saying But instead of saying The Biden administration She says Obama So she kind of told The world Who's actually in charge At 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue Not far from the goof that we have In office now So not much of a change And our third story is one that will leave you perplexed. You won't understand. Jab, jab, you have to take a booster shot. You have to get vaccinated, mandatory, as states and government officials all around the country are walking away from their jobs, making the leftists in this country extremely happy that all of them will end up on unemployment lines. No... Uncle Joe didn't stop there. He got his Pfizer booster shot somewhere in an undisclosed location. Now, what's so strange about this, you actually see a backdrop of what appears to be 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. The background looks like a third grader colored it in. And all of a sudden, the screen goes out. And from the, from the green screen or blue screen, whatever you call it, and it's his actual location where he is. Why in the world did they do that? Nobody knows. But it has phony written all over it. But I can't tell you one thing. This leftist organization are a bunch of goofballs. And there you have it, the three st- stories of living in the Bolshevik states. Of woke. Depressing, and I know, but we got the sudsam music playing. We're going to start getting you into the rhythm as we break off the joke of the week to get you in a happy, happy mode. Here we go. Ready? Why do we tell actors to break a leg? Because every play has a cast. All right. But when when you're watching the Oscars on TV, you're not upset. You you think it's, it's fun. But now I tell the joke and I'm the idiot. Today's episode, 257, Critical Issues in Policing. When I heard this plan that we're going to talk about today, the first reaction I had is, this guy's a goof. Turn him off. Then I started to think about what the person was talking about. I started saying, let me deep take a deep dive into this. Let me have some out-of-the-box thinking experience. Why am I doing this? Well, there are two sides to every story, and in policing, it's no different. Side number one is defund and get rid of the police. Both concepts, totally idiotic. They call it police reform. But it's actually the communist left with destroy police but there are a lot of people that believe that there needs to be some type of reform those people are not about making their communities less safe they're about what the propaganda states reform so there's two forms of thinking one might be a liberal approach. Yeah, we can reform it. We can make it a little better. We can all uh, sing kumbaya around the campfire. And then there's get rid of it, defund it, take off the uniforms. We don't need cops. Somewhere along that line, you have to have a happy medium. Then you have the conservative point of view. Go away. Nothing for you to see here. Shut your mouth. Policing is just fine. While we also, the idiot in Wisconsin put his knee on uh, uh, George, uh, what was his name again? Because I, I forgot it because uh, the media, they don't need him anymore. So they got rid of his. But anyway, George Floyd. And he's got his knee on his neck and he's got his hands in his pocket and he's a cool Joe, you know, he's just hanging out. Just you know, doing my thing here. Now, we can be here all day talking about the real reason why George Floyd died, but nevertheless, the acts of that police officer was stupid, deplorable, and idiotic. Nowhere will you be taught in any police academy to just gradually put your knee on someone's neck and just wait it out until let's say he stopped breathing, there was no interaction between the officer and the defendant or the subject on the ground. None none whatsoever. And uh, there's the point of liability. So for the conservatives to say, nothing for you to see here, we are very well police by ourselves, is a little bit of... And I'm not going to be very popular with my own right now. They're starting to squint as they hear this saying, what's wrong with him? But the truth is, if we continue with the business plan of law enforcement that was probably created after the Second World War, we're not going to ever get to a happy medium. I believe that the way law enforcement is run is probably at about 90 percent correct but there is that 10 percent that needs to be reformed first thing we need to do is get asses out of chairs and throw them in the battle and i'm talking specifically about the command staff we talked most about that in the episode prior to this one the squad leader and management is disconnected to a lot of New ideas that they have, new concepts for policing. Never been done before as they're sipping coffee and their excessive breaks throughout the day coming up with these stellar ideas that have never been piloted or even tested. And they throw them out because they're appeasing a bunch of people. And guys like the squad leader have to come in and fix it. So there has to be a happy medium, and I think I've reached it with this conclusion that I'm coming here today. Give it time. As you hear it, it's like, um, I don't know, garlic to a vampire. It takes a while to, for the effects to happen, but it will happen. So is the clown ready? Here he goes, wandering around. Okay, clown's ready, and we are hitting episode 257 Critical Issues in Policing. (laughs) Gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the main event. Episode 257 Critical Issues in Policing. We are exploring new police reforms for the benefit of every community in America. Does policing need reform? Well, I was always one of those proponents that said, no, nothing for you to see here. Go down the road and shut your mouth. But I know that we live in a time of a canceled culture, a time where a good segment, I won't say the majority, but a good segment of society in America wants some magical thing to happen like in Disney World with critical issues in policing and reform as a result as i had said prior there are two forms of thinking on the left side of the aisle do away with police and kill america and or the other half which is yeah we need reform so when we see people like uh, shady slim sharpton They are the the kill-the-police movement. Don't let them fool you. Not by one second do they want any reform. They want it to go away like fungus. And most of the liberals have been kind of quiet with any type of ideas because the noise, you know, we've always said that the empty barrel makes the most noise, and that's the leftists, and they don't want to step on anybody's little... Flippers and basically out outshine the defund the police movement, which by the way, nobody on the left will take credit for. No, we never said that. We said reallocate, which is pretty much the same thing. But I heard this concept that we're going to talk about today from a libertarian. Libertarians are people that believe in the strong word of the Constitution. They believe that government should be a lot smaller and that the community should have a lot bigger voice in how government is run. Well, in theory, sounds great, but the corruption is so big that libertarian form of thinking is not allowed in America. But I heard an individual by the name of Larry Sharp that's running for governor in the state of New York, and when I first heard, you know, he's one of these guys that talks... 30 30 seconds he talks at about 2,000 miles an hour and you have to try to figure out what he just said but when I first heard the reform the police platform that he had, I said this guy's absurd and I kind of disregarded it but then he had some other ideas when it came to removing or lowering considerably taxes making it very simple i like those ideas and one of the things he talked about just to give you a general idea on his mindset it was for example we name bridges open oh, and this is just one example of many but governments will name a bridge after somebody that died really not having any effects no, basically nobody really cares So if you call it the Mario Cuomo Bridge, who cares? George Washington Bridge, who cares? So it doesn't really do anything, it's just a ceremonial thing, give it a name, and that's the end of it. Well, he says, why don't we give bridges, especially in important city municipalities around the United States, give them corporate rights to name bridges. For example, instead of calling it the George Washington Bridge or the Brooklyn Bridge, that's not going to go well in Brooklyn, by the way, if you try to change the name, but you call it um, the Walmart Bridge or the Target Bridge or the Ford Bridge or the GMC Bridge. They would have to pay for that right. So, you know, he talks about $100 million for naming rights. And it could be a lot lower. It could be $50 million or something like that. But why? They wouldn't do that. Who? Why would they care? You'd give them rights to the bridge, and they would have the skyline. And it basically is advertisement for them because, for example, if you're going to do the media, if you're going to do the news, You're going to do the traffic report. You're going to say today on the Walmart bridge, bingo. So it gives that advertising dollars that these corporations are spending anyway. I like that. Bringing the cost of taxes down. Tolls should be eliminated because it's a private government type of relationship where that private funding is coming in to pay for these things and the public doesn't have to go into their pocket and do it. So I like the concept. Some of it sounds a little nutty, but is it doable? I think it is. If it's doable, people today want to name a baseball football stadium, you know, out of uh, the cornflakes uh, Stadium, and the company will pay uh, 20, 30, 40, 50 million dollars for the naming rights. So it is doable. So I like the concept. So I go, okay, let me hear his police reform thing again. And the more I started hearing it and kind of slowing down what he was saying, because he talks, like I said, a mile a minute, a mile a second, I basically said, okay, I might not agree with how he wants to do it, but I can't agree with the principles. So we're going to look at that So. Let's look at our outline form for today's episode, Critical Issues in Policing. Number one, policy uh, policing today. We'll talk about that. Number two, what are the growing issues in today's policing? Number three, defunding the police, corrections, or reallocating funding. So let's get the terms correct. Number four, this is crazy what I heard. Wait. It's an idea. So number five, we wrap that up with uh, police reform this way. And then we're going to start breaking down what he has basically come up with. There are four components. And then we go into number six. We need to find a happy road or else. So there has to be A happy medium between hate cops, love cops, and the majority of the public should be happy. Because, let's be honest, most encounters with police are negative ones. They're not positive ones. They stop you, broken taillight, license registration, you get a ticket. Domestic problem at home, somebody called the cops. They're all negative. Uh, very seldom do police respond to something that is positive for the community. So it has that negative overtone and these communists have used that as their momentum. And then we we round up the series and the outline with the truth. So let's take a dive at the first thing policing today. Policing today is quite different from probably after the Second World War when Police departments started to formulate kind of what you're seeing now and uh, squads and divisions and roll call and that paramilitary structure and patrol procedures, reporting re- procedures, reports. Of course, every decade it will get worse where simplistic reporting procedures. Let's say of the 1950s Is a very complex procedure today With forms, reports, cards Computer entries And it probably employs Several people Just to do that one report So policing today is complex It has a tech avenue It has a physical avenue. It has to have an intellectual avenue. It has to have a medical-based component. It has to have a mental health component. And we can continue going down this road. It's something that A lot of former police chiefs have always said, police departments are getting more and more things to do in the community, overwhelming the police officer. And let's be honest, some of them, their basic entry level is a high school diploma. And now they're going from a domestic call to a murder, from the murder scene they're running off on someone with mental illness and you're telling an emotional being to change the way they are based on the different calls that are coming to them in one given tour making it very difficult there's no such thing as an on and off switch this is why a lot of civilians don't know that The officers have these horrible attitudes, they say, because they just came from a call that wasn't so pleasant, and they just can't turn off their emotions. They carry it with them to the next call. So when I heard this plan, I go, that makes a little bit of sense. Now, again, I'm not agreeing with 100% of his concept because he's not in law enforcement. He says that his father was, but his father's not the one coming up with the plan. But I liked the idea, and I could see a law enforcement component of the plan. In the past, we've done episodes that we talked about federal law enforcement should be combined into one agency or two agencies with different job functions investigations another one enforcement and so forth because federal law enforcement as you can see with your own eyes has turned into a political wheel politicians in Washington they drive the bus and federal law enforcement will drive in the direction that these lunatics are driving the bus towards and as a result you see Border Patrol and, and the nonsense with the horses, which are crucial and critical in policing, especially crowds. So removing the horses is like shooting yourself in the foot, but, you know, Joe doesn't know do any better. And then we find out they were, you know, hitting people. No, they weren't hitting people. It was He was moving the horse. Again, uneducated people in policing making comments. The media is a cesspool. It's a cancer. Remember, whenever you put on the news and you hear the, the idiot lunatic talking about something they never worked in, never did, don't take what that idiot just said as gospel truth. That's the biggest problem that we have with our media today. They'll take a picture. That looks good. It looks like he's whipping them, right? Yeah, Okay. Let's run with it. we got to sell newspapers. And Americans are fooled because they don't do their homework. So that's the police issues that exist today. So what are the growing issues in today's policing? The number one issue is politics. Politics will move the needle, left or right where politicians always had some influence over their police departments that they may have jurisdiction over, they kind of always let the chief of police do their thing. Sheriffs that are elected, usually very conservative, and prior law enforcement. But today we're starting to see all that change because politics is one of those cancers that's getting involved in everything. The medical field, the law enforcement field, whatever they can corrupt, they will. Journalism, what's that? And this concept of policing has had chiefs of police that are puppets. They're yes men or women that nod their head and they basically do as they're told. We recently saw in Seattle, Washington, the chief of police back in 2020, Chief Best. I remember her. She was opposed to a lot of the things that her mayor was advocating for, you know, peace, love, and freedom, as everybody in Seattle was killing themselves. And she retired. But she made her bold statement that she didn't agree with some of these things. She never embarrassed anybody. But I respect that. She walked away. But what fills that gap after she leaves? A puppet. So, one of the issues today that is overwhelming the elephant in the room is politics and policing. Defunding the police, corrections, and the other term, reallocating funding. That's one that Joe likes to say. No, 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 I'm not... I'm not for defunding the police. No, no, never said that. Reallocating funds. What the hell? It's I mean, you can't be this stupid. But apparently they think that the American public is. Defunding the police is anything that's a minus. Okay? Let's let's do this real simple. I give you $10. The next year I give you nine. I defunded you by one dollar. reallocate one dollar less okay so when we look at this defunding thing it's just stupidity and idiotic in government unfortunately whenever you get something you most likely will never lose it President Ronald Reagan once said people think that miracles don't happen apparently they've never seen a program in government which will last forever it never disappears it stays it's in infinite okay it is funded year after year it's not changed it's that it's just right there that's why we have social securities and mass medicare for med and we can keep on going down the line so the defunding crowd is the destroy crowd as we discussed but there is a liberal approach to that and we have to find some type of a happy medium because taking away funding for police means no one's going to do anything for free and that means that poorer communities are going to suffer the most because if you think that the cops are coming out of the rich neighborhoods to, to go into the port you're nuts Seek mental health immediately. Number four. This is crazy. What I heard. Wait. It's an idea. Now I told you I heard this man's idea, Larry Sharp. Don't agree with it a hundred percent. I told you mostly what it entails. Four components. And the more I heard, the more I could put some type of law enforcement mentality behind what we say. saying. Was it doable? Mm, yeah. Does it need work? A whole lot. Can it be done? Uh, yeah. I think we could start off in small to mid-town, mid-sized towns and cities and work our way up before we hit a major metropolis like New York City with this nonsense, but it may work. So, Let's continue going forward. Number five, police reform this way. This is what his idea is. It is four components. It is the, uh, F-A-Q-S. Okay, those are the initials. F standing for family law. A standing for active policing. Q standing for quality of life. And S standing for social worker. Or social work so let's break down basically what he's talking about these four components so let's start with active policing. active policing is the day-to-day function of what cops are doing now this is probably the area of most concern to the majority of citizens because every encounter with police is a negative one as I said so as a result the day to day operations would be the active component. Now, the active component would increase with a component which is civil or civilianized, and it also has the function of the community in mind. Okay, so it has a civilian component and a community component in the active policing. So, how's that gonna work? Well, uh, issues that arise in the community, you, that active policing wants to also deal with the community's crime issues, find out from those citizens where the crime is and how they can get rid of that crime and working with the community and the civilian component of that police department. Sometimes people from certain ethnic groups, will not talk to a uniformed police officer with a gun, tell them who's doing the crime in the neighborhood, but they may do it with a component that is civilianized. There's no need to have a gun and all that in that interaction. So, could it work? Eh, maybe. Uh, remember, you're talking to a civilian that lives in the community. You're not talking to a criminal. So... Let's keep that in mind. Could some intelligence gathering material come out of that for active policing? Yep, sure can. So to say that it's stupid and ridiculous is not too smart. All right, let's dive into our the first one. I first went to the second component, which was active policing. but We're going to dive into the family law one because I wanted to identify what cops do every day. So now the family component one is basically one that will deal with church community-based operations, chaplains, uh, counselors, uh, even social workers. They, you know, this would be kind of a huge budget operation, but I can see how it could be dealt with. So basically what his idea is in the family law issue is, let's say they get a call, police gets a, a call for a domestic dispute in a home. Police arrive, separate whoever's arguing. But now the aspect of dealing with the issue would go to a chaplain, a counselor, a social worker and so forth. Police there of course to keep the peace. Some law enforcement officers are very good de-escalators. And I can tell you that, I seen them in operation and they're very talented. They, they learned from the school of hard knocks. They know trigger words, they know trigger signs. I'll um, t- uh, give you an example. Touching a hostile individual on the elbow or the arm and telling them to relax is a trigger. They'll pull away from you and the fight will ensue. So law enforcement has learned a lot of the do and don'ts in these domestic disputes through the school of hard knocks, but it's not their tape. Now, with that being said, I also know those people that are horrible at de-escalation and they're in uniform. When they show up, you might as well start strapping down because you know that this Bad situation is going to go from bad to worse because the individual that arrived at the scene has no common sense whatsoever and therefore will escalate this big time. In other words, they will put out the fire or attempt to put out the fire with gasoline. They exist. So can this component work? Yes. Does it need a lot of personnel? Mm, Yes. Because remember, this personnel will not be sworn and will not have police oriented equipment like gun, taser, and so forth. But their safety on the scene needs to be protected too, so you're going to need that active component there too. So mixing those two together, that basically means he or she is the third man on the scene. A woman I don't want the leftists to get me all right so we got the family component quality of life those are the ones that Rudy Giuliani was very effective in New York City when he was mayor he did the quality of life standard in New York City and it's the small stuff that turns into big stuff and people uh, selling stolen goods in the street People that were setting up shop without business licenses and you might say well you're just bothering people it's big brother it's government no it, there's where it starts so for example Rudy Giuliani took Times Square which was a haven of of stupidity back in the 70s and maybe 80s and transformed it to pretty much what it is today of course under this goof they got as mayor now I'm not really too sure how it looks but in Rudy Giuliani's time he made it a very positive transformation so the quality of life issues people sleeping in the street all those things is what this uh, form of policing would deal with There would be law enforcement officers of course because they having an interaction and a negative interaction with the community so it can go south real bad, giving summonses and maybe doing misdemeanor arrest and so forth. Now, it's needed because we don't have a sainthood society. People that are bad are out there, so you need to deal with that. So that's the quality of life section of his plan for, for issues. Remember, here's the fourth one, social worker. Now, this area deals with people that are homeless, people that are, have drug addictions, people that have mental illness. Now, I was for Miami-Dade County a coordinator for CIT, which is Crisis Intervention, and It dealt with the mental illness component. There were times that we worked hand in hand with psychologists, psychiatrists, social workers, not necessarily with us in the field, but they were a part of what we were doing. Their teamwork was instrumental in helping this community. Because law enforcement can only go so far with this community. Therefore, with the help of these mental health professionals and other groups like uh, NAMI, they really started moving the needle and helping people that had mental illness. Now, let me kind of describe who the mental illness person is. He's that guy or girl most of the time guys that come to jail on a weekly basis they have poor hygiene they're delusional and they act out for the most part they're not violent but they're unpredictable and this group which people might say they should be in a mental institution the Supreme Court got rid of that back in the 70s so that's not an option that we were told by a court system that's unconstitutional. That's why we had the problem that we have today. So, reallocating that and getting more boots on the ground to deal with it, I think it might be a good idea. Um, because it's done in jails. Okay? So, you're not crazy in jail. They lock you up and you just, Aah! all day long. They're trying to, bring you back to a normal standard right so there is counseling there are therapy groups social workers uh psychiatrists in these facilities they get released there's no component to turn to and they spiral downwards back into mental illness and a chaotic behavior why because mental ill people after taking their medication for a good portion of the time, stop taking it because they say they don't need it anymore. You see, medication to them is very similar to the common cold, right? You take medicine because you have the common cold and it goes away and you stop taking the medicine. So they kind of believe the same thing. Now they're not we know the difference, but they don't. So this component that this guy came up with, four components, right? You've got family law, active policing, quality of life, and social work. Now, the beauty of this whole thing is, based on your community needs, you can can allocate funding to the area that you need the most. Well, in my community, let's say, we've got a lot of issues with quality of life. So, you fund that section the most right maybe uh, we got a big homeless thing like they showed the other day in the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department when they went out to Venice Beach and all that the sheriff Alex Villanueva's approach was a very intelligent one he put together the squad that was going to deal with it these were very personable deputies that were really concerned about the homeless situation they were Moving, separating those that were mentally ill opposed to those that were just thugs opposed to those that weren't even from the community and they took care of the problem in Venice Beach. So it could it could happen. So just an idea, fruit for thought, don't throw tomatoes at me just yet. Now let's look at the the ending here as we start moving towards the closing of the episode we need to find a happy road that kind of is mutual for both sides or else we're doomed right you're always going to have get rid of the police get rid of the police and you're going to have go away shut your mouth there's no problem here we're not going anywhere so is this radical thinking yes it is is this thinking out of the box you bet Can it be done? Yes, it can. Yes, it can. So, it's an idea. It's an idea. Let me tell you. I first heard it. I said, this guys hes nuts. Turn him off. But then I started thinking. So, make sure you're thinking while you're listening to me. Put on your thinking caps. I'm on there. All right. The truth. The truth is that... Any negative encounter that a citizen has with police will encourage that citizen to say, reform. That encounter may come sooner than later. You might even be pro-police today, but because of a bad encounter tomorrow, change your position. It's important that citizens engage in their law enforcement communities for so long Law enforcement and citizens have been separated. Although law enforcement agencies have tried to reach out to their community, the community is not really welcoming. Talking to the police, coffee with a police officer—why would I go to that? Those concepts have kind of fallen by the wayside. So you need law enforcement needs to. Find them where they are and where they are comfortable. Churches, uh, social gatherings, where they can have a litany of ideas and they can share them back and forth based on their community needs. And I think that that might be a road for reform. But most importantly, I want to close out with this. Active policing is the most important ingredient anybody listening to this say oh yeah bro yeah social work is going to be the chief of police? then you're a moron policing is just that policing okay if i'm talking about the health industry i'm not going to talk to you about uh let's get an engineer to run the hospital okay i need somebody that knows medical field And here I'm gonna need somebody who knows the police field. Who gets arrested? Who doesn't get arrested? How do we control issues? And we have a lot of good people out there to do that job. It is a dangerous job. Now, one of the components that he had that I kind of differ on, he talks about, well, in the military, and he had been in the Marine Corps, you can't be in one given section for more than 15 months. They get you out of there, they rotate you out. And sometimes massive rotations like that in law enforcement are, uh, it's like taking out a shotgun and blasting yourself right in the foot. Because people, remember we talked about the squad leader. The squad leader is so crucial because they've been there for so freaking long. So you can't really do that. But I do believe there should be steps to becoming an active police officer. Instead of getting out of the academy, You know, five or six months prior to that, you worked at the local convenience store, and now you're dealing with all these issues. And you got a high school diploma, by the way. That I don't agree with. I think that you slowly progress towards that active. And it should be paid the highest as well because it's the most dangerous. I also believe that people should start in the jail system before they get out in the street. Why? You learn a certain humbleness when you're in the jail system, enforcing. Because when you've got to tell a guy six six, three hundred pounds what to do, you've got to be pretty tactful in how you do it. It shows you real quick that your approach is everything. And I think being 19 or 21 years old, graduating from the academy, getting thrown out in the street you worked at the convenience store six months ago and now you're dealing with all these issues you feel empowered you have a badge a gun all these things and your chest popped out a little bit and you want to take the world on you're in law enforcement you know what i'm talking about now everything i've said today is not going to be well received by my former colleagues why this guy's a moron think out of the box. So important. You stay in the box, you're in the box. Close the box, bury yourself in the box. You've got to have different avenues. Recently, the United States Marine Corps decided to change how they confront tactics in war. One of those decisions were to eliminate They're tanks. I might not understand it. The other guy might not understand it. But the people making the decisions understand it based on today's warfare field. And things change, they evolve, and we should evolve and change with them. That's what I'm saying. That's roll call, and I'm sticking to it. Up next, episode 258, October 3rd, we run into October, the woke sheriff. Here we go. As we start talking about political hacks that run up to become chiefs, sheriffs of these agencies, and they have a woke of experiencing, ruining, destroying the agency. It's happening in front of our very eyes. So we'll talk about that in episode 258. I will run through the list of episodes that we're going to have for the month of October real quickly. Starting with uh, the woke sheriff, uh, October 3rd, October 6th, one big happy family in jail. October 10th, the changing of the guard. October 13th. Open book, to mac part of the Wise Guys series in Lucchese Crime Family. October 17, Safe, Clear, and Empty Drills, and part of the gun, gun Series. And then, don't forget, our buddies over at AAA Gun Safety. Remember, if you're out in California, that's three A's. They will be with us on October 20th. October 24th. Command and Feedback, episode 256, part of the Road Call series. October 27th, Reserve Police Force for America, episode 266, another think-out-of-the-box concept. And we round off October with October 31st, part of the AWOL series. Trick or Treat, Last Days, episode 267. All right, so let's hit the word of the week. This week, we go to the book of James, chapter 3, verse 13. And remember, it's important to continue in your faith. You you know, you listen to these things, you become educated, you go to training, and you fulfill all the things that you need to do to become a better person. But if you let your guard down... And don't have God on your side, you're paddling upstream because the defender, the one that has made you capable, is not standing with you. It's important to have that relationship. I believe so. You might not. So, this portion of the episode may not be for you. But for those that are interested, from the book of James, chapter 3, verse 13 says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that this works are done in the meekness of wisdom. And we know that wisdom comes from the fear of God. And the fear of God is not a trembling fear of hiding. It's a fear of knowing that he exists. There we have it. We wrapped up episode 257. Our roll call is complete. And I want you to remember to continue praying for yourself because you're important. And test everything. Hold fast what is good. This is Alpha Mike, and I'm out.